Welcome to the Roxborough Church Podcast. For more resources and information, visit RoxboroughChurch.org. We hope you are blessed by this week's message. Good morning. Happy Easter. He is risen. He is risen indeed. Our Bible verse this morning comes from Luke 23, verse 44 through 24, 12. I'll give you a few moments, just like Pastor Ray does. If you're going to find it, please tell me amen when you're there. I like my electronic version, so I'm always there. <laughs> amen. All right, here we go. It was about noon, and darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon, for the sun stopped shining, and the curtain of the temple was torn in two. Jesus called out with a loud voice, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. When he had said this, he breathed his last. The centurion, seeing what had happened, praised God and said, Surely this was a righteous man. When all the people who had gathered to witness this sight saw what took place, they beat their breasts and went away. But all those who knew him, including the women who had followed him from Galilee, stood at a distance watching these things. Now there was a man named Joseph, a member of the council, a good and upright man, who had not consented to their decision and action. He came from the Judean town of Arimathea, and he himself was waiting for the kingdom of God. Going to Pilate, he asked for Jesus' body. Then he took it down, wrapped it in linen cloth, and placed it in a tomb cut in the rock, one in which no one had yet been laid. It was preparation day, and the Sabbath was about to begin. The women who had come with Jesus from Galilee followed Joseph and saw the tomb and how his body was laid in it. Then they went home and prepared spices and perfumes. But they rested on the Sabbath in obedience to the commandment. On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away. But when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee. The Son of Man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. Then they remembered his words. When they came back from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to all the others. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and the others with them 
who told this to the apostles. But they did not believe the women because their words seemed to them like nonsense. Peter, however, got up, ran to the tomb, bending over, he saw the strips of linen lying by themselves. And he went away, wondering to himself what had happened. Let's pray. Father, we praise you and we thank you for your word. We pray now for you to open our hearts and minds as we listen to the words that you've prepared for us to hear through Pastor Ray. May we take to heart what is brought to us and may we use it in our daily lives. Thank you for all you have done for us, including death on the cross, leading us to eternal life. Thank you for being the resurrection and the life. In your powerful name, amen. Amen, amen, amen. He is risen. Oh, it's so good to be reminded of that. And, and I know today is a day, a special day that we remind one another about the fact that he has risen. But my prayer for you and my prayer for me alike is that we would have a regular reminder in our life, an everyday kind of reminder in our life that, that Jesus has given us the way, that Jesus has become the opportunity, has made the way available. Uh, if you don't know more of that story, if this is new to you, uh, my prayer for you this morning is that you'll, you'll, you'll grab on to a little bit about what we're talking about today, but also that this will begin a journey, as Pastor Crawford said when we got started this morning, that, uh, that you would journey with us, that you would start this, this, this road, this walk in pursuing God and, and, uh, and, and coming to, uh, to be a part of a fellowship where you can learn more and discover more of who God is. If you're visiting with us for the first time, just a special welcome to you. Thanks for rolling out of bed and coming this way. We're glad to have you with us. If you've been away for a little while and maybe you're just saying, hey, like, God, I'm going to try this out today and see what this is like to go back, I want to encourage you. We're glad you're with us today, but let's not make today the last time. Come back again. Let's, let's try to do this together. And for, for the faithful ones who we're, we're with every week, we, it's, it's good to be together. Amen? Amen? It is good to be together. So. Um, this morning, I want to I get started right away, and I want to share some, uh, some biblical truths with you that I think will set us up. The theme today is resurrection hope, resurrection hope, and I, I want to encourage you in the midst of while I'm teaching and preaching, I want to encourage you to think about what is the area of life where you're really looking for hope? What is the area of life that seems to be closed in and you're saying, God, I need you to open that up. God, I need you to, to reveal. God, I need you to, to, to make, uh, make available. God, I, I need some kind of answer here. And that, that could be a very spiritual thing or it could be a very practical thing. I mean, you could be wrestling at work and just saying, I don't know how to make it through the next day at my job. And God, I just need you. That's not a very spiritual thing. That's a, that's a pretty practical thing. You're just saying, I just need you. God, I need you to make it possible for me to make it through. Um, you know, it, it could be that you've been battling some addictions or some, some, some behaviors that you're trying to break, and you're saying, Lord, I, I, I'm hopeless without it, so I need you. And so you showed up today, and, and you're looking for hope. Look, what I want to say to you more than anything is this. My desire for everybody here, just in case you miss it later today, my desire, for more, my desire more than anything for everybody here 
is that you would understand that Jesus is the sole, S-O-L-E, the sole way, the sole hope, the only answer. There's a lot of things we will try in life to, to medicate our way through. There's a lot of things we will try in life to, to comfort our way through. There's a lot of things we will try to, to, to surround us with to, to help us make it through. And at the end of the day, time and time and time again, those things fail us. And the reason why is because there is nothing that is designed and there is no one that is capable to do what only Jesus himself can do. Let's cut to the end of the story. 2,000 years ago, Jesus, in a matter of three days, did what you and I would take all of eternity to try to do and still fall short. Think about this. In a matter of three days, Jesus went from this posture, hanging on a cross, to laying in a tomb, to resurrecting before the people. And in doing so, he defeated death which holds on to every one of us, which every one of us would try our best to work our way out of. And it would take us eternity, and we would still fall short. But in three days, Jesus won the battle. In three days, Jesus defeated that which seemed to have claimed victory over him. In three days, Jesus, in his resurrection, made possible what you and I long for, whether we understand that today or not yet. So yeah, my desire is that you would know and believe. My desire is that you would understand that Jesus himself is from God, is God, and is the only way that you and I will be with God. That Jesus is the sole answer. Jesus says in John chapter 6, verse 38, he says that, uh, that he has come from the Father. Think about this. If I yelled out to you, matter of fact, let's do this together, just so that we can all have a moment to participate. I'm going to ask you where you're from. And you can think about it ahead of time so you can get your answer right. Some of us, you know, moved around so much it's hard to remember. But, you know, where are you from? And when, I, when I ask that question again, I just want you to shout out. Don't scare your neighbor, but just shout out in my direction just where you're from. I bet you there's some people who are from local, from yeah. Roxborough. I bet you there's some people who are from Roxborough. I bet you there's some people who are from greater Philadelphia. I bet you there's some people from New Jersey. I know that's true. Uh, there's some other people who might be from, from other countries or, or at least other states. So let's try this together. You ready? Where are you from? Philadelphia. That's good. That's good. I heard Philadelphia. I knew that to be true. We, we're still making payments to the hospital. And so, um, so yeah, yeah, some of you are from Philadelphia. I heard some other places. Uh, any, anybody from another state? Hands up. From another state? Oh, that's cool. That's cool. That's cool. Another country. Another country? Hands up. Another country. Awesome, awesome, awesome. All right, very cool. A a anybody from a neighboring city, but you wanted to claim Philadelphia anyway? Come on, be honest. You're really from, you're really from the suburbs, but you still said Philly. Who said it? I know a couple of you did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So there you go. Right, right. But watch this, watch this. It's, a, it's no risk to you to tell me where you're from, amen? amen. Yeah, no, no risk to you. Nobody, there's no judgment here other, unless you said, like, New York, you know, and, or, or Boston. 
Boston, then all of us sports people would have a little issue with you. And if you said California, you'd be my best friend. So, uh, but there's no judgment here on where you're from. There's no danger in that conversation. But watch this. Jesus, when he said in John chapter 6, verse 38, where he was from, check this out, check this out. When he says, I am from the Father, you know what that was? That was a death sentence. That was punishable by death according to law. It was punishable by death to claim to be from God, to claim to be God. It was, it was blasphemous. So when he said, I'm from the Father, he didn't say I'm from Nazareth. He didn't, he, you know, he didn't say I'm Jesus of Joseph. He said, I'm from the Father. When he said he's from the Father, it was a public declaration, and it was a death sentence. He might as well have said, hang me out there. I'm done. He knew what he was doing when he did it. But watch this, John 6, 38, when he says this, Jesus is saying it for a reason. He is declaring who he is, who he belongs to, his identity, who it's tied to. If you understand that Jesus is from God, then you can understand that when Jesus goes to the cross, it is the power of God, watch this, it is the power of God hanging on the cross, doing something that no one else could do. Jesus was not the first person to be crucified. He wasn't even the first person to be crucified on that day. Jesus died in a way that was very uh, uh, common in that day. But his death in that common way was the power of God on display. Where are you from? By the way, for those who are wondering, I'm from South Jersey. Uh, I still claim that to be from South Jersey, but I've been here. I've been on this side of the river the better part of my life now. And so I'm moving. I'm, I'm moving toward the being able to say I'm from Philadelphia. But I'm going to be like Barb. I'm going to say I'm from Philadelphia, but I really am. Just a little bit outside, right? <clears throat> My desire is that you would just know, that you would know who Jesus is, and you would know the way that Jesus offers. The second thing I want to say to us this morning is this. Jesus admitting, admitted that he was not only from God, but watch, he admitted that he was God. Jesus says in John chapter 10, in case you want to write this down, John 10, 33, Jesus says, I and the Father are one. He says, I and the Father are one. Me and my daddy, we go together, right? That, that, it, he, his declaration that he is one with God. I came from the Father, and I am one in the same. That God and I, we're together. When he makes that statement that he and God are together, again, he might as well have just said, crucify me now, because I am declaring what you might not yet believe, but that doesn't change the fact that it's true. So yeah, what he, what he said wasn't pleasant to the ears of those who were listening, but it was, it was, powerful, and it was powerful and pleasant to the ears of his father. Remember his father who, uh, when, when Jesus was baptized and, and, and the Spirit of God descended upon him, his father's voice from heaven said, well done, this is my son who I am well pleased, in whom I am well pleased. He, he's doing my bidding. He's, he, he, he's living according to the way that I would ask. So, so go back to the story that Amy read. And Amy, by the way, I think you, I don't know where you are, but I think you should read scripture every Sunday. She went out that way. But that, that scripture voice, wow, powerful. 
But uh, in verse 55, where Amy was reading, if you want to follow along, it's in, uh, in uh, chapter 24 of 55. No, chapter 23 of 55. Um, this is what it says. It says, the women who had come with Jesus from Galilee, they followed Joseph and they saw the tomb and how his body was laid in it. Now, before that, it said that the women and the others who believed in Jesus, they were at the foot of the cross, but they stood back a little bit. You can think about this, right? Have you ever found a moment where you, where you got disappointed in life? Has anybody had a moment where they got disappointed in life? Hopefully you haven't experienced it in the last hour, but maybe. Have you ever had a moment where you got disappointed in life? And uh, in that moment when you get disappointed, what is natural? You distance yourself a little bit, right? Right? You know, all right, so, so those of us who are married, you know, maybe you had a moment like this. I'm sure Michelle has had them. I have not. But uh, uh, that's, that's good. It's being recorded. And so um, maybe, you've had one of the, maybe you've had one of these kind of moments, right, where, where you were expecting something, you were wanting something, you were hoping for something, and, and, and your spouse didn't follow through the way you were hoping for. And so when, uh, when, when it came time for dinner... You know, like you just sat a little further away. You know, the chairs weren't as close to each other, weren't directly across from each other. Newlyweds, you'll experience this someday. Not a long time from now, though, okay? A long time from now. But chairs a little further away from each other. You don't look at each other as much as you normally do. Distance, right? Anybody ever? No? Okay, you don't? Too personal? Okay, no problem. No problem. Don't raise your hand. It'll create distance on Easter. We don't want that, all right? And so uh, maybe it wasn't around that, but you've had a moment where you've got disappointed, and the natural thing that we do when we get disappointed is we shy away a little bit. Well, not, not completely, but we just shy away a little bit. You got disappointed with something that happened in church or something that God didn't follow through. You, you wanted God to do something different than what he did. And, and so all of a sudden, you didn't show up for a couple of Sundays, right? And then a holiday came around. You're like, I should, I should go back. I'll, I'll work it out, God. I'll, I'm back. But there was distance, and then, then, then the gap closes a little bit. Well, that's what's happening at the foot of the cross, right? There's, there's some people who believe in Jesus, right? They, and they're there because they followed him everywhere. They, they, they followed him for about 33, 35 miles of walking around, right? And they, 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 they saw him do miracles. They saw him spit. And by the way, it's kind of cool that the Bible says that Jesus spit in the dirt. And, made, and kids aren't listening. It made mud and then put it on somebody's eyes. And, and it was powerful mud. It, like, took away their, the blindness. I mean, that was, that was discovery of medicine right there. It was fantastic. That's a joke. It was fantastic, though, right? <laughs> That's fantastic. These people believed. They earnestly believed in what Jesus was going to do. But when they saw Jesus doing this, you know what they did? Come on, come on, stay with me. You know what they did? They just backed away a little bit. Come on, they just took a step away a little bit. See, you know what? That's not how I thought it was going to go, and they, they backed away a little bit. That is nothing that we should slight them on because I bet you you and I have done that before. I bet you you and I have backed away before. I bet you you and I at one moment or another have shied away a little bit. Maybe not a lot. Maybe, maybe we're steadfast, but a little bit, a little bit. And so that's what happened. But now, now we're picking it up in verse 55, and it says, the women, the, the women and the other people, they followed Joseph and Jesus' body to the tomb. And they wanted to go see for sure that he was dead. You might, he hung on the cross, got stabbed in the side, right? right? He, you know, it sure looked like he died, but, but there's still a little bit of hope. There's a little bit of hope that maybe, just maybe, He's still going to be everything we wanted him to be. And so they journey to the tomb, and they, they look in the tomb. It's crazy. Look, yep, mm-hmm, he's still there, body and all. I'm watching him lay. I want to, share, I want to say to you this morning that while Jesus declared that he was God, for some of us, for some of us, we need to see 
We've heard it. We've listened to it. But because of the disappointments or the distance in our life, we just say, you know what? I need to, I need to poke and prod. I need to see. And so we run to the tomb, and we look in, and we see him laying there. And that's frustrating. See, on Friday, it was on the cross. On Saturday, it was, on the tomb. it was in the tomb. That's frustrating. Jesus, I wanted you to be something else. I wanted you to be this. I wanted you to be this. I wanted you to have a loud voice and power. I wanted you to be a liberator. I wanted you to be somebody who frees people. I wanted you to be something different. I wanted you to, to be my genie in a bottle. It doesn't matter. I wanted you to answer all the things that I wanted you to answer, and you're not, and I'm disappointed, and so I'm going to distance myself because I'm looking and seeing, and I'm not liking what I'm seeing. Maybe you've been in that spot before in your life. Maybe you're in that spot right now. Maybe just for a moment you can understand somebody else being in that spot. But watch this. Third thing I want to say this morning is that God defeated the power of death. We know this. The kids told us the story. We listened to it. We laughed when they got to the end of the story right, right from the beginning. But we understand this. Friday felt heavy. It felt impossible. If you didn't feel the weight of Good Friday this Friday, I'm sorry, because there was a moment for you to experience the reminder of how difficult it is when we see our Savior die, how difficult it is when, when our expectations aren't met by the one who is by the only one who can meet those expectations. And so we have this moment on Friday that seems impossible and we sit in that moment and if we didn't know that Sunday was coming it would be the darkest day possible but because you and I know the end of the story we can get from Friday we can get to Kohl's and buy something to wear on Saturday <laughs> and we can show up on Sunday yes. because we know that on Sunday there's hope on Sunday, there's a promise. On Sunday, there's a void that's going to be filled. On Sunday, there's a resurrection. You see, God put on display for everybody to understand that, yeah, he laid in the tomb, but his power that was on the cross was present in the tomb and was present again when he revealed himself before his people and he said, here I am. Yes. Invites you to touch, to come and see alive, resurrected. The power of death could no longer hold on to him. Jesus himself had said that, uh, that, he, that he would need to die, he, he would need to be beaten and killed, but on the third day, he would resurrect. Yes. He had declared that. He had said that. And you know what? He did it. I'm not going to be able to convince you of that today. It doesn't matter how eloquent I speak of it. I can't convince you of that. But here's the really good news. I don't need to. You see, God has already done the work. It doesn't matter how nice I package it. God has already done the work. The cross has already held our Savior. The tomb has already, uh, 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 um, yeah, he already laid in the tomb. I couldn't think of a better way to say that. But watch this. 
That stone was gone. The, the king came forth. The resurrection occurred. It doesn't matter whether you or I believe it. It doesn't change the truth that it happened. History has stood on it for 2,000 years. The world has turned because of it. The reality of this day and this moment is that the hope that we're looking for, the one who we're pursuing, the way, the, the, the way out of the situation you're in, the way through the thing you can't imagine getting through, the answer to the question that you can't give voice to is Jesus. It's Jesus. At the very beginning, I don't know if you got to watch that video that was at the beginning of the service, but he says, my king, my king, that's my king. And he ends with, I wonder, do you know him? I wonder, do you know him? I asked this morning, I, mean, I said this morning this was going to be about resurrection hope. So let me just tell you a couple of things really quickly about resurrection hope. You see, I, I want you to leave here this morning with a, with a new sense of hope, a new sense of I got something to point to. So watch this. Hope is found first in forgiveness. The work of the cross was an act of forgiveness. It was Jesus being willing to take on our role. The perfect, sinless Savior died for the imperfect sinner. Let me say it again. The perfect, sinless Savior died for the imperfect sinner. But death wasn't what was needed. The resurrection and forgiveness is what makes it possible for you and I to be adopted into the family, for you and I to be grafted into the family of God. So hope is found first in forgiveness. Second, hope is found in the promise. It's not enough to say, I've heard about him. It's not enough to say, I know the stories about him. We have to say yes to the invitation and receive the promise. The invitation, if you will trust in him, he will forgive us our sins and purify us from all the ways that we've gone wrong. That's what the scripture says. If we'll confess with our mouth and believe with our heart, if we'll trust in him, he will forgive us our sins and he will cleanse us, purify us from all the ways that we've gone wrong. It's not enough to say, I studied the good book. I know what he said. I've Googled a couple of his ideas. I can quote some things that I heard that maybe he said or somebody else famous might have said one time. That's not the answer. The answer is, have you trusted in Jesus to secure your forever when he offers you the promise of new life? Hope is found in the promise. The third thing this morning, hope is not only, hope is not only found in forgiveness. Hope is not only found in the promise. Hope is found in restoration. There was a guy named Peter. Say that name. There was a guy named Peter. Peter. There was a guy named Peter. He was a disciple. He was a faithful one. He was kind of, somebody, uh, Pastor Ricky mentioned big and hairy. I kind of picture Peter to be like that, hairy and scary. That was Peter. And so uh, Peter was a faithful disciple who followed after Jesus. And as a matter of fact, he's one of the disciples that ran to the tomb. He was the slower one on his way there. He ran to the tomb. I, I can identify with him. And uh, he ran to the tomb. And when he got to the tomb, he looked in and saw that Jesus wasn't there. And, and the story that had been 
been told to him. He believed it at that point. But uh, prior to that point, you remember some things that, G that Peter had done. Peter was in the garden with Jesus when Jesus was about to get arrested, and Peter brought out a samurai sword. It was probably a pocket knife, but in my story, it's a samurai sword. He brought that thing out and sliced off. You know, you can, the kids in the room won't tell any more of the story. You can talk to the kids about it later. But he took care of this guy's ear, and then Jesus had to fix it. You remember? You might remember that story. And Jesus fixed it, and he looks at Peter. He says, oh, Peter, you don't need to do that for me. I'll take care of this. Peter, if you really understood. And, uh, but Peter was like, Jesus, I'll do anything for you, samurai sword and all. About six or eight hours later, Jesus is uh, arrested, and he's uh, about to be he's, he's put on trial, and he's getting ready to go to the cross. And somebody says, hey, that's Peter. That, that Peter guy, he, he, he's one of Jesus' guys. And Peter says, I don't know that Jesus guy. Never heard of him before. He does it three times, and then Jesus is arrested, and Jesus dies, and, and, uh, and, and, and you, you think Peter's story is over, right? Like, heh, you just failed Jesus. Can you imagine? Can you imagine being the last person to deny Jesus right before he dies? I mean, just think about this. I mean, there's, there's been times where I knew God wanted me to do something, and I chose not to do it. Maybe you've had a moment like that before, too. You, know, you knew God wanted you to turn right, but you turned left anyway, right? One of those kind of moments. You knew God didn't want you to take that job, but you took it anyway. You knew God did want you to take that job, but you didn't. You knew God wanted you to get married, and thankfully, finally, you listened. That's really good. I'm really proud of you, Bruce. <laughs> Love you, man. And so... Uh, <laughs> And so, so there was just these moments. There was these moments where you knew God wanted you to do something you chose not to. Well, imagine being Peter where you, you knew God wanted you to be like, no, I, I, I'm, I'm, all, I'm all for Jesus. But instead you say no, and then Jesus gets arrested, and he, and, and he dies on the cross. And you're like, how do you ever come back from that? Well, here's the story. I said that hope is found in restoration. Jesus, after he resurrects, comes back before Peter, right? And he, he stands in front of Peter. Think about this, the one who failed him. Come on, live in this moment with me. He stands before the one who failed him. And he looks him in the eyes, the resurrected Jesus, and the, oh, I can't believe I failed you, Peter. And he looks him in the eyes, and he says, Peter, you're going to be the one that starts my church. You're going to be the one that I build this whole thing on. Now watch this. Pinch yourself real quick. Pinch yourself. Please do. Please. Please. Two reasons. Number one, I want you to stay awake. That's good. Number two, I want you to know. See, when you feel that, you know that you're alive, right? You're, you know you're alive? You feel that? If you didn't feel it, um, I'm concerned. I'm concerned, okay? So you pinch yourself. You know you're alive. But watch this. Watch this. You're alive today sitting in this place because 2,000-plus years ago, Jesus came back and stood before Peter and said, I'm going to start this whole church movement thing, and it's on you I'm going to use. Jesus restored him. He reached in and grabbed Peter and said, Peter, I still got a plan for you. So watch this. No matter how bad you messed up this year, it might have been a whole year since you've been here. It might be the first time you've ever been in church in your life. It doesn't matter how lost you've been. When you surrender your life to Jesus, there is hope found in the restoration. God redeems your life. He, he gives you a purpose. He gives you a plan. He says, I've got a way for you. The scripture says that God has plans that have been set before the beginning of time for every one of us. And when we surrender to Jesus, when we yield to Jesus, we're restored to the plan of God. God's plan and his perfect, his perfect will is laid out in front of us. 
Paul goes on to say, he says, yeah, yeah, I'm saved, but I continue every day to work out my salvation. I continue to pursue Jesus because Jesus is restoring me to the plan that he has for me. If you felt lost, if you felt alone, if you felt like you had nowhere to turn, I want to tell you there's hope in the restoration that only comes from Jesus Christ. It's found at the result of the cross and the tomb, and it's found and it's here for you today if you would say, yes, Jesus, I yield to you. Yes, Jesus, I believe. I trust. I give up. I'm with you, God. I, I, I'm, I, I surrender to you. If you would say those things, if you would believe those things, if you'd walk in that way, there's hope found in restoration. So there's hope in forgiveness. There's hope in the promises that God gives us. There's hope found in restoration. And then the last thing I want to say this morning is there's hope found when death no longer scares us. There's hope found when death no longer scares us. There's not many things that I would die for. I've talked about this a couple of weeks ago. I'd like to say I would die for all of you, and if you have my last name, I would die for you. <laughs> and if you don't have my last name, I'd like to say I would die for you. But I'm thankful that I'm not being asked to. But when we understand that death no longer holds us, there's new hope in life. When we understand that my eternity is tied to my Father, there's new hope in every situation I go through. Do you understand that hope? Do you understand the hope to be able to say, no matter what comes my way, I'm with the Father. His will, His way, my way. I'm going with the Father. There's three truths for you to take home with you today. First, you pinched yourself to remind you that you're alive. You may still be dead, but you're alive. And while you're alive, even if you're still dead, that means there's still an opportunity for you to surrender to the will and way of God. The second thing that's a truth for you today is that there will come a point when you die. Get this. The scripture talks about there being a beginning and an end for every one of us. And that our days are numbered even to the point where the hairs on our heads and when they will fall out is already figured out for us. That happened sooner for me than for some of you, but <clears throat> most of us are on our way. But watch this. You're alive. You will die. And the third, tr third truth for you today is that you have an opportunity to decide what that means. There's only two options here, friends. Option one is what is destined for everybody, which is you pay the result of what you've done. Pay to play. You've lived this life, and whatever has come from it is what comes from it. Option two we recognize the work that Jesus has done on the cross. We recognize the way that he laid in the tomb. We, we recognize that three days later, he resurrected. And we say, Jesus, on my own I can't, but with you, I can. Because of you, I can. Can I make it real plain to you today? If you're here today, 
and you can hear my voice, would you hear this invitation? Would you trust Jesus? Whether you've done it a thousand times or whether you've never done it before, today, would you trust Jesus? Would you yield to him? Would you allow him to be the one in charge? And as you do that, would you be, in, would you be then set free to understand resurrection hope? Resurrection hope. I believe this to be true. I know this is true. On Friday, the world never felt more empty. It never felt more void. There was never as much of a vacancy. The weight of death seemed to lead to hopelessness. But Friday's death and Friday's tomb and Friday's weight only made possible the way for Sunday's hope. The tomb was empty. We heard about it. The Son of Man was resurrected. We know about it. The promises of God were proven true. We've heard it testified. The hope was restored. And friends, I got to ask, do you know him? Do you know him? Have you trusted him? Will you surrender to him? And if you haven't, today is your day. This is your moment. Would you say yes to the one who resurrected? that we might resurrect with him. Father God, Father God, we believe. God, we believe. We testify that we believe. We testify that your work was done. We testify that what you've done on the cross was enough. Lord God, we surrender. We yield. We give up. We no longer trust in ourselves. We hand that over to you, God. God, I, I, we don't have to know all the details yet, God. We don't have to know the book from beginning to end yet, God. We're simply saying, Lord, I believe without you, I can't. Without you, I am doomed. Without you, my life is hopeless. But with you, my hope is restored. With you, I find forgiveness. With you, I trust in your promises. With you, I can have a purpose, a plan, and a future that is right by you, oh, Lord God. Would you accept us today? Would you receive us today? Would you receive the utterances of our voice and the cry of our heart? And for those who aren't in a place yet where they're able to give, the, give word to this, God, would you move our hearts to that place soon that we would be able to say, Lord, I trust you. Lord, I trust you. Lord, I know that you are doing something that is right for me. Father God, I ask right now in the name of Jesus that anybody who would be here who hasn't yet said yes to you as Lord of their life. I ask right now in the name of Jesus that you, God, forgive us of our sins. Make right our ways as we trust you to be Lord. God, I believe that you died on the cross for us. I believe you laid in the tomb for us, and I believe you resurrected from the grave for us. Oh, Lord God, this Easter, we celebrate resurrection hope. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to our weekly podcast. We pray it was life-giving. To find out more about us, visit our website at rocksboroughchurch.org and join us for worship on Sundays at 10.30 a.m.